You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Welcome to Okay, sis podcast. Happy New Year. Lashana Tova. Is that Happy New Year? Okay, so actually last night before I went to bed, because that's when all my good ideas come to me, I thought that we would say on this podcast, Shana Tova, which does mean Happy New Year in Hebrew, but technically Shana Tova is for Rosh Hashanah since Judaism is on the lunar calendar and our New Year's is in September. Thank you for the history lesson on Rosh Hashanah and Judaism. Thanks for mansplaining Rosh Hashanah to us, Scout. Yeah, anytime. 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 We're here to mansplain (laughs) Judaism to all who is willing to hear and listen. Happy New Year, 2022, motherfucker. Oh, my God. It feels pretty crazy to be in 2022 because sometimes I still write 2020 when I'm, like, writing shit. Oh, yeah, me too. But 2022 feels... It feels really good. I kind of had a moment last week where I was reflecting on my 2021. I know that we did that in the last episode, but I was journaling in the morning and it came full force to me how fucking crazy my 2021 was. Just like how much I accomplished, how much I expanded, everything that I worked on that I caught myself thinking, okay, well, I have to top how my, you know, I have to top it for 2022. And I stopped myself. And I said, I don't have to top 2021. I don't have to achieve or produce as much as I did in 2021, because just as there are seasons and cyclical moments in life, that doesn't necessarily mean that every single year has to be 10 times the year before that. And so just releasing that pressure allowed me to walk into 2022 with an open and curious mind as to what it's going to bring. Open and curious minds is the definition of okay, sis. Love that for you. I think my mantra going into 2022 is hashtag expansive energy only. Ooh, I love that. So it's a spin on, as we've mentioned previously, main character energy and big dick energy. Now I am introducing what was hashtag it? expansive <laughs> energy only. Oh, fuck. Okay, wait. It needs to end with energy. uh, Expansive. Uh, uh, You know what? We'll circle back. We'll circle back. We're already circling back in 2022. um, We're already motherfucking circling back. Um, I saw the greatest tweet that was like, COVID really said 
circling back. Yeah, definitely. That's very true. Oi. Oi. Oi to the corporate linguistics. Yeah. So my intention for 2022 or my mantra is I can trust Mm. my desires. I think sometimes when we want something, we immediately negate it as excessive or extra or we're not worthy of it or it's not rational or it doesn't fit in the traditional box. But I now firmly believe that if a desire was planted into your mind, that it is there for a reason and that it is valid, just like all of our emotions are valid. And so I'm going to follow and trust my desires in 2022. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Is that it? That's your commentary. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. I mean, it feels nourishing. It feels great. I agree with you. I think it's something that comes up a lot for me when I'm doing my manifestation work with Lacey Phillips as, you know, will there be a podcast where we don't mention Lacey Phillips? Like, okay, well, correction. Will there be a podcast where you do not mention Lacey Phillips? Yeah, I know. Again, as I think I'm like, it's she's my religion. Like I actually, I, <laughs> she's just my religion. I actually think she is your religion, and I I can just see a future yeah. where she has to come out and make a statement that she is not a religious leader, is not a religious that cult. she has no affiliation <laughs> with the Maddie Mayo manifestation cult, and that she is severing her ties <laughs> with such an organization such as yourself. Oi, I oh I hope I hope not. That sounds terrible. I want her on my journey of religious experiences. Anywho, that does come up for me a lot. And I think it's it's completely natural. You know, we talk a lot about gratitude and about being set in your blessings and understanding what's around you and how much you already have at your disposal. And I've been practicing that a lot these past couple of days, especially not even from just a budgetary perspective, but also just a fulfillment perspective of looking around and just being so just knowing in your heart that you have everything you need to succeed already, right? We're always... And and thinking that you don't is a scarcity mindset, right? And that blocks you from delivering. It's weird because there's a little balance there, right? Like how do you, not how do you, but just the issue is integrating both being grateful for the blessings that are visible in your life and then also understanding that, yeah, you might desire something else and that's cool too. And that doesn't make you greedy or doesn't make you superfluous and just like, you know, wanting extra things, I think. And it doesn't even have to be material things, I guess, you know, expansive career things or mindset things and life things. But yeah, do you struggle with that? Like remaining grateful, but then also wanting to expand and wanting more? Like how do those two coexist for you? Okay, so that is something that I currently do not struggle with. And I feel as if I'm not sure if this is exactly on point, but allowing yourself to kind of bend time and space and remove the construct of time as in like, I don't have this today, therefore I'm lacking, but rather sitting in a moment of gratitude for what you have in the present moment, but also knowing that your future desires and manifestations are on their way and will happen regardless. So if they will happen, you can afford to wait without worry, which is a Course in Miracles quote. So for me, I think the key to being extremely grateful in the present moment while holding a future vision for yourself is for the gratitude of the present moment to be the dominant emotion. So that has to be the foundational dominant emotion. Like even if quote unquote, those future manifestations don't happen, you are full and you are not lacking anything in this current moment. And so exhibiting that energy first and then adding on future manifestations as this inevitable thing that happens because time doesn't stand still. That makes a lot of sense because in my brain right now, it's the opposite, right? It's like the manifestations and the goals are primary, the primary focus and the most things I give my energy to, whereas the present moment should be that more dominating base and foundation for then to expand from, which seems intuitive, but like, I don't think a lot of people navigate that way. No. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I always internalize is, wow, my life today is so good. I love my life. Look around. All these things are incredible. Look how far I've come. And once I've really felt that as a foundational feeling, as a foundational base, I can then add on, okay, 
with this incredible amazingness, with all this gratitude and these blessings, where do I want to grow into? Where do I want to expand? So it's not a question or it's not a conversation in my mind of what more do I need to add so that I don't feel lacking today? But how can I take this foundation and continue to grow and expand within this lifetime? So I think when I look at it that way, I am able to hold both very, very beautifully. And it comes back to the fact that, I mean, I was with my assistant, Danielle. We were getting coffee. She was uh, coming to see my office at Scouts Agency for the first time, our offices. And I said something like, isn't our life so fucking amazing? Like, look up, that's our office. And we have this cute coffee shop. And I was just really having this moment of gratitude. And she said, you celebrate gratitude and your life more than anyone I have ever met, ever. And so I think that in order to live in both, you have to prioritize and practice daily moments all the time, like consistently through your day of being in awe of the life that you have. And then from there, you get excited about what you can do with this foundation and what kind of house you can build on the foundation. And so then you get to equally hold both. Yeah, you have always been, you have always succeeded at celebrating the big and little wins, the little wins in particular. You are just relentless. Let's get real for a second. We talk a lot about on this podcast and sisters, obviously I do not know every single one of your life situations, but I think I can confidently say that the majority of us listening to this right now, if you are listening to this podcast, you have access to a phone and you have access to headphones, you have access to the internet, you have access to free information. If you just single-handedly can engage in a podcast listening, you are blessed. If you had a meal this morning, you are blessed. If you have four, if you have a roof over your head, you are blessed. And so if we just really walked through understanding that the things that we want and the way that we beat ourselves up of like, oh, we don't have this, to be honest, like get your head out of your fucking ass. Like look around. I'm sorry. Like look around. There's way too much to be grateful for that we have access to, to sit here and be insecure about what we don't have. Yeah, I I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I've been really loving this app called Open and they have these beautiful meditations on it. And one of them, which I've never heard in like a body scan and, you know, those types of meditations, she was just like, think about your legs. Yeah. Feel your legs. Feel that you have legs. Like, I don't know. It was, it blew my mind because I was like, whoa, like, I have fucking legs. Like that is incredible. That it's something that I take completely for granted. It lifts me up. It holds me up all day. It allows me to work out and move and move my body and everything. So it's just, I don't know when she said that, I like, whoa, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. You know what? That's a spiritual experience in the sense that there's so many things that we've heard over the times, right? Like we are all one or be grateful for your legs or just really, really simple things that intellectually and rationally, like, yeah, we know, like we know we have legs and we know we're grateful for that. But when you are in a point, when you're in a meditation or in my opinion, these revelations come to you in a spiritual experience when your channels are open, when you finally integrate what that actually means on an emotional and cellular level, it changes the way you perceive Mm -hmm. the world. I think that so many of us know these things, right? Like we know to be grateful for our lives, but once you get cracked open by a meditation, by what someone says, like you could have heard that thing 10 times, but the minute it integrates into your body, it's a totally different experience. Totally. You know, something else I've been thinking about, and I know we have, we got to do current fixations, but I feel like I've been having a lot of existential thoughts, if you will. I'm like Albert Camus. You know him? Yeah. Existentialist. Yeah. Anyways, so I have been thinking a lot because I read The Midnight Library, as you read. I know, and you didn't like it, which makes me sad. And in the same day, I, I watched... Don't look up. So the combination of the Midnight Library and Don't Look Up got me in my feels, okay? Mm. Got me questioning a lot of things, got me feeling very insignificant, which is not a bad thing. It was making me feel as if there's this like release of pressure a little bit, like we could fucking die at any moment. We probably are gonna die very soon because of climate change. So it's like your little 
breakdown over, you know, a TikTok comment is so insignificant in the grander scheme of the physical environment that is deteriorating and also uh, parallel universes as it is explored in the Midnight Library. And look, it's like, I get very, which I'm sure a lot of people like get anxiety. It's just inevitable. Like you're getting anxiety. Of course, you have anxiety about the state of the world. And whenever I think about space or universes or like multiple universes or parallels, like all these, all of these topics that were explored in both the Midnight Library and Don't Look Up, I shut down. Like I couldn't, I was terrible in astronomy and physics because it freaked me out. Like even thinking too much. Like I just had to memorize the information because I, my brain could not just wrap my head around it. Right. So I think it was more of a me thing that I didn't like midnight library. Some people did DM me and say like, oh yeah, I felt the same way. It was like not good for people who are suicidal, but you know, in the end it does, I don't really want to spoil it, but it just had me reexamine and think of these possibilities that are beyond my like brain's capacity to think of, which is nice. It's nice to massage your brain in that way for sure. But it just left me anxious. It was, you know, that's yeah. what it is. That's And it's not a bad thing. It's just, that's the feeling. And the feeling was anxiety. And it was just like, oy, oy vey. Yeah. But, you know, I was reading Joan Didion's book and she talks about the 60s in a very similar way that we talk about today, that it's paranoia and anarchy and people are getting murdered here and there's all these terrible things happening. And so while what we're going through is extremely serious and the climate of the collective and society and what's happening in the world is heavy and chaotic and pulls upon our strings of the unknown and is we're definitely in an energetic bubble that's probably going to burst. Every decade goes through, every generation goes through something where they feel like the world is ending. And that's not to negate the very serious consequences and data of climate change, but it's just a nice reminder to remember that we don't actually have control over when the world's going to end or when we're going to die. So like it could be a lot longer than you think it is, and it could be a lot sooner than you think it is. And regardless of if there was a pandemic or whatever is going on today or not, we would still have those fears. Yeah. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. But like, yeah, do you think about that, about the, does that help you? I think to tie this all back together to the big wins and the celebrating the little wins, like does that help you just get into perspective of like, not none of this matters, like not that, but more just like if a little inconvenience or a frustration comes your way, just understanding like, yo, I'm human. Let's turn it down a bit. Let's turn down some notches. Like, it's okay. I am a human floating on a little speck of dust. Yeah, so I have a different philosophical explanation or belief that I believe is happening to us as a species, as a planet, as a galaxy. So I incredibly believe that I am or was chosen, my soul chose to be born here on this planet to be a human being. I believe that beyond planet Earth, there is a spirit world that is incomprehensible to us living here. And that the purpose of being a human is to move through suffering and move through pain and learn how to come together or to live with the ego and to transcend the physical limitations that we have and access a much higher world of consciousness while also being very accepting and understanding that since we chose to be a human being on earth that we need to live in this physical human experience that we are here to live as humans so i don't see this world as the end-all be-all for my soul I believe my soul has lived countless years, thousands, thousands, maybe millions, and that there is another life after this. So in that sense, it brings me great comfort to know that what's happening here is not the end. It is not the final say. It is not our final chapter. And since I've chosen to be here on this planet at this certain time and experience human life, I get to live in human life. I don't get to just be a spiritual transcending, like negating what we're going through. And so... For me, when something triggers me that's small and minuscule compared to something else, there will always be something that triggers us that is big to somebody else and minuscule to somebody else, big to the bigger picture or minuscule to a different picture. And so perspective is a great tool to maybe zap you out of something that feels very like I'm upset that I got a TikTok comment or I'm upset that my photo didn't get X amount of likes or I'm upset that I got into a fight with my mom, whatever it is looking into that bigger picture, if it helps you get perspective and zap out of it, then that's beautiful. I don't personally use that because I find that I validate my human experiences here. But then I also like to zoom out, not to like the big picture of climate change and like, you know, famine or drought or whatever, but I pull out the big picture of asking myself, how can I come back to love? Like, how can I come back to a state of loving? Because Moving through this human experience, we have two choices if you really, really boil it down. We're either acting out of fear or we're acting out of love. We're acting out of our hearts. And so we can act out of fear our entire lives and that's really not going to get us anywhere or we can act out of love. And so for me, I just ask myself, hey, am I acting out of my ego right now? Am I acting out of fear 
or am I really acting out of a genuine loving place? And those are the only two questions I, I care about. I really love that concept. It really, talk about hearing something multiple times and then currently having it actually sink in. We hear so much that, you know, sadness or quote unquote, more challenging emotions are inevitable, right? I think a lot of what I've learned and had to unlearn was that feeling good all the time is not the purpose and it's not the goal. It should not be the goal. It is to fully understand that suffering and pain and these challenging emotions serve a purpose. They exist for a reason and it's through them that we listen and we learn and we evolve, right? So if you're the type of person like me that tries to get back to a feeling good all the time and always wanting to be in that state, I think there is definitely something liberating when pain does come to be like, oh, whoa, like this is a human emotion. It's part of the fabric of being a human. And there's a reason that this is coming to me as like a cerebral person, as like a body, rather than me being in a space, maybe there's a universe where pain doesn't exist, but that's not where we are. <laughs> that's just, it's like coming to terms with this inevitable state of who we are. It's so crazy, Mads, how little we accept our human condition. Yes. You know, so when Lola, my dog, passed away this time last year. Oh my God, that was a year ago? It was a year ago. I was filled with Whoa. so much grief and it was a terrible feeling and I would do anything to get her back and to not have her mm -hmm. pass away the way that she did without me. And I remember though, feeling such grief and me and Adam went for a walk in Idaho. We were in Idaho and I held his hand and I felt deep love even amidst such a terrible feeling. And it came to me, I said, you know, I feel as if a lot of the human suffering that happens on this world is us resisting and not accepting the human experience. We right. love our lives conditionally. When our lives are going well, we love being here and we love being alive. And when things don't go our way, suddenly we hate our life and we turn our back on our experience. And so something that I really integrated this year, which I feel as if it's contributed to the most powerful sense of peace moving through this life, is that I have to accept that I am a human and we have to accept what that human experience and condition is. And that yeah. is experiencing suffering, that is experiencing pain, that is not being in control, that is having things not technically go our way. And we can't just love our lives conditionally, we have to love our lives unconditionally. And if we do that, then when something challenging comes, we can ground into that acceptance of, oh wait, this is the purpose of me being here. This is the purpose of being a human being. And then we can feel the things. We don't have to negate them or make them wrong or be blind to them or bypass them. We get to feel them, but we also get to hold on to the bigger truth that this is just part of the human experience. And if you were born here, your soul made an unconscious or conscious contract to experience the human experience. And so I believe in 2022, we need to stop resisting what we are. We are mm. beings that feel and suffer and move through discomfort. We are also beings that can transcend insecurities and limiting belief and act despite fear and the ego. And so our whole assignment, I believe as human beings, the purpose of this life is to identify and meet the discomfort and move through it anyways, because on the other end is the light and the expansion. Wow, okay, this is Rabbi Scout <laughs> and Philosopher Mads. <laughs> corner. Yes. Moving into 2022, hashtag experience the breadth of human emotion. Experience and accept the breadth of human emotion. It's a long hashtag, but it, it works. Yeah. Like I don't understand why we every single day wake up and resist the truth of what we are. Dude, fucking resisting the truth. We are. That's why you suffer. I know. You say, ugh. This, I don't want to feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I'm going to do something about it to get out of this. But it's like, let me numb. Let me numb. It's like, hey, wait a minute. You're a human. You're supposed to feel that. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Great stuff. I feel, feel like I've like reached another level. I, I feel like I've reached like the next level of life. You know what I mean? Like we're at, 
we're at level 10 now. Honestly, you are unconsciously going through a lot of spiritual awakenings that you don't even know about because you refuse to label them as spiritual. But you text me things where you're so open and you're experiencing things where you can see beyond the veil of your fears. Like you're seeing other dimensions. You're seeing the scope of light, like all these things. I'm not going to get into it because they're your private stuff that you've texted me. But in those experiences, like you're being cracked open to something else that's going to help you and serve you. Yeah. Being cracked open. That was the theme of 2021. Faux show. And the continuous cracking. The continuous cracking. Okay. Yeah. That is another hashtag that we are going to employ. Hashtag cracking to your desires. Crack. I don't know about that. No? Cracking to your desires. I'm just trying to put both of our philosophies together here. I'm tying oh, it back to the beginning. Sounds like It sounds like that Mean Girls quote. Say, say crack one more time. Crack. That's not a Mean Girls quote. Yes, it is. <laughs> I I really don't recall that. And I recall every single Mean Girls quotes. Which, can we just talk about the fact that that movie is probably the most classic comedy of all times? Uh, Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I have to rewatch it. I need to... I need to get back into that headspace because Mean Girls is a great, a great time. It is like the writer's room. I wish I was in the writer's room. I mean, if you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. And die. (laughs) Like, I mean, just iconic, iconic stuff. Every single thing is iconic. Okay, so let's do current fixations. You know, Mads, we did have something to talk about this episode, but we have been going for 30 minutes. So you can table that discussion for, would you like to table the actual theme of this episode to another time so you can go fully in depth? Because I really want to give you the floor. Oh, uh, no. Okay. We could. (laughs) Okay. Just check in, just checking in on your pulse. I love our uh, our strategy meetings mid episode. Love that for us. You know, no, we could. I mean, we, let's just touch on it a bit at the I, honestly. When you brought up this theme, which I guess we can spoiler alert, it's like me having OCD. I guess I I didn't even really ruminate that much on it yet, so I don't I don't have anything prepared to like discuss, but I can just kind of break down a little bit of what has been helping me, but let's do current fixations first. Okay, so my current fixation is my meditation practice. I have officially meditated every single day for the past 3 months. I have not missed one day, and I started doing Melissa Woods meditations and now I've hopped over. I kind of go between Melissa Woods meditations and and Insight Timer, I'm loving Saw de Simone's meditations. Mads, you would love Saw de Simone's meditations. He's incredible. I've sent you his reels before. He's amazing. British? No, he's not British. I think I now need to meditate exclusively with British men. No, you're going to love Saw de Simone. He's friends with Sahara Rose. He's mm. spiritual, but he has that performative kind of vibrancy that you love. So got it. You are going to just, he's, I, if you, have you seen the reel where it's like, oh, you're so mature. And then they say it's trauma, baby. That's, that was his stuff. Anyways. Oh, moving on. I have committed to a meditation practice and it's something that I have been obviously back to the beginning, been told to do numerous times. I have tried to do numerous times, but it never fully integrated and embodied into my experience. But I, some, oh, it's because after Tulum, when you and Ben left and me and Adam stayed a couple more days, we did a hypnotic meditation in the gratitude tent at Nomade, the hotel. And it was such a beautiful- That was the most- what? I don't know why that was like just like the most absurd sentence. Oh, yeah. So a hypnotic meditation in meditation and the gratitude tent. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was such a great experience that I went home and I said, you know, I really want to live in that energy more. And so I started a meditation practice like the day I got home, I did it and it just stuck with me. And I have to say that the benefits of my meditation practice did not reveal themselves to me until like two months in of doing it every single day. And so I think that's why people, that's why people, that's why people drop off because they don't see yeah. immediate effects. Yeah. You can't just do it. You can't just do it like twice a week or, you know, five days in a row and then come back to it two weeks later, like to really, really see the progress. You have to do it every single morning specifically And since engaging in this continuous practice, I have found myself completely less reactive. I mean, they all say this and I didn't believe it. I find myself completely less reactive during the day. I find myself so much more centered and connected to myself. I also 
I'm just going to go on record and say I have not had fatigue problems like I have had since I started, I will say, since I started meditating and doing 15 minutes of Pilates a day, like those two things together, I, sisters, I know we've talked about it before, but I have really bad fatigue problems and you're, you're fucking tired all the time. Like you are chronically yeah. fatigued. I have found myself to have a lot more energy. I'm sleeping less at night. I'm sleeping eight hours versus nine and just everything is more energized about me. And when I'm having a moment where I feel as if my emotions are getting the best of me or I'm losing control, it's just something I know that I can go to. It's almost like you go to meditation, but you're really going to yourself. It's kind of like this third party thing that connects you to yourself. So that is my current fixation. Wow. Enlightening. Beautiful. Yeah. Wholesome. Yeah. Nourishing. And you know, now I want a $300 meditation cushion. No big deal, but. Oh my God. Yeah. I went through one of those phases. You see the meditation cushions and you're like, yeah, I need that. Yeah. But the couch works just as well. The couch works. Okay, my current fixation are my new Everlane slippers. Sherling sleepers. I have not heard you say the word Everlane in so long. And I was thinking about it a couple months ago. And I'm really excited. What do you mean? I just feel as if that, okay, so 2019, when we went to New York, you were like, Everlane, 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 they Everlane. they just opened their stores. That's why. I know. And I just haven't heard you say it in, in a while. And I'm excited for this because I'm looking for slippers. Oh, yes. These are neutral palette off-white Sherling slippers. They are fantastic. I'm a slipper gal. I'm a gal that loves a house slipper. And they are the coziest. And I'm always in pursuit of being in cozy. Everyone knows this. It's part of my brand pillars to be cozy and in comfort all the time. Physical comfort. And these Everlane Sherling slippers elevate the experience of comfortability. Uh, what's the price point here? You know, I'm unsure because they were given to me as a gift. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to say 40-ish range. Because last year you had these parachute home ones and they were pricey and I purchased them and they were too small on me. And <laughs> because I didn't understand the nature of exchange and return via mail online shopping, I just returned <laughs> them and I never exchanged them for the right size. <laughs> oh my God. You and your struggles with online returns. Like I just don't understand why you struggle so much with it. It is my weakness. My assistant Danielle does all my returns because it's so strange. I can do so many incredible things on a daily basis, but going to the motherfucking post office and returning my online order is just not what I do. You know what? We love a self-aware queen. You are you understand yeah. your strengths and weaknesses, and this is one of them. Look, it's not a fun thing. It's not a fun thing to do, but you fucking figure it out. I mean, there's this new service that I'm I'm going to plug them right here and now because I fucking love them. It's called Happy Returns. And a lot of like more direct to consumer brands like Everlane use them where you literally just take the stuff you want to return. You do it online. You just say like, I want to return, exchange, whatever. There's a happy returns in every store around you. Honestly, mm. at the Grove, at the FedEx, at the this, like at the papyrus, at the, you know, whatever the fuck. Like <laughs> it's everywhere. Papyrus is still a thing. Dude, papyrus is dope. Okay. It's okay. fun in there. Anyways, so you just go in and you, like, this is not an ad. I promise. Like I'm so, I don't understand why every brand doesn't do this. I go in and I just give it to them. I don't tape. I don't tape anything. I don't need to print anything. I don't do anything. And I just give it to the people at Papyrus and they take it from me and then they do it. <laughs> Even if it's not a Papyrus purchase? Yes. So the whole point, I guess what Happy Returns is saying is like, we're going to get people in your in your store and it works because then I buy something from Papyrus because it gets my eye. Excellent business model. Excellent, Excellent business, business model. model. Like absolutely phenomenal. No print, no tape. Nothing. It's the print that gets me. The, the print. print is terrible. Yeah. So I don't think this has made it to San Diego yet. Really? Oh, my God. You should check it out, dude. I'm obsessed. When I see that little Happy Returns little little uh, icon on the website, I am just I'm so happy. I My heart flutters. I have never seen such an 
I, I remember, okay, so one, I've never seen such an icon, but I remember when Uber came out with their new circle icon stickers and every Uber person had to put it on their back windshield, which was not a thing before. And I remember being on the freeway going five north and seeing like 10 cars with this sticker and I got fucking scared because I thought, yeah, I was like, is this an Illuminati cult? Like, what the fuck do these stickers mean? And then it's just Uber. Just Uber. You know, do you, re- we're going to really date ourselves. Do you remember when Lyft used to put a fucking giant Ugh. fuzzy pink mustache on the front of your car? Can you believe they subjected people to that? To be honest, I feel as if it's a driving hazard. Like, it's a safety hazard. It, it was absurd. Like, I just cannot believe. Like, I feel as if if a bunny crossed the street, the pink <laughs> mustache would block the view of the bunny sure it was i just remember being being like what is going on with these cars like this cannot be a trend i remember asking them like do they mail this to you and yeah they mailed it to them oh my god i don't even know i so weird anyways it's it's a bad branding move but real quick before we move on are you in touch or following the elizabeth holmes case from theranos you know, I am not. I'm very I'm very in touch and in tune with what happened, but I don't know much about the case. Okay, just wondering because me and Ashley, another sister who just got engaged, Mazel Ashley, we have been extremely obsessed with the Theranos case and You and Ashley are obsessed with mystery and thriller and very off-brand for you, but okay. I know it's very specific things that I get into, but right now I'm in the depths of the Theranos case. So I just wanted to do a pulse check pulse check, to see if you were someone that would talk to me. No, nope. but Sorry. I guess not. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll wait for the documentary about it. Okay. Cause yeah, I'm listening to the dropout and to be honest, like I'm having some tough times getting through it because the last two episodes they listened to, like there's no fucking new information. Like, Oh, is this an, this is a podcast that they do every week. Oh, wow. I think it's ABC. That's the dropout. It's following the trial. And it's like some of the episodes are a stretch. Like she's just fucking talking for 60 minutes. So part of me just kind of, I think that the verdict is coming out this week. That's the struggle of having a niche podcast. Yeah. Because I mean, the evidence all of the evidence is already pretty much revealed. So she'll bring in law experts to be like, what does this mean about the jury's reaction? And it's like, no, I want to, I want like some juicy new evidence. You know, I don't really want to analyze the jury. Got it. You know, this, I don't know why this just sparked something in my head, but insecure has finished. There was the series finale and I would like to give you homework of watching said show. That has been my homework since it came out. I know. Just fucking do it. This is a great time to start. But Adam just gave me homework to watch Avatar, the Nickelodeon cartoon oh, show. Oh so you're a guy. I don't understand your content <laughs> palette. Like what the fuck is going on over there at the household? Do you guys watch the weirdest shit? We're in the middle of the Twilight series. Oh we my are God. at the finale, part one and part two. Oh my God. You got like... You guys are rotting your brains. Watch some cinematic brilliance, mastery. Are you team Edward or team Jacob? Yeah, I saw your story about this. Like you're literally 10 years too late. Like why, (laughs) what are you doing? But what are you? I'm team Edward, of course. Team Edward all the motherfucking day. Dude, Robert Pattinson can get it. Robert Pattinson can get it. We love, I was like, cause like if you look next, like if you put, Jacob and Edward next to each other like one would think like the tan built Jacob is better but I was like nope me and Maddie for sure are going after the scrawny pale dude I I honestly think that's the majority I think that's the majority Mm. look well I love it I'll say something Kristen Stewart is so bad Bella didn't deserve any of them no not at all like I was trying to think about it and like Adam just said that she's like a good-looking person but I was like yeah okay like she's pretty but what is she bringing to this fucking table? It's Edward all the way. Her character development is subpar. Yeah, you're watching the fucking Twilight series. Like, what are you? Are you expecting some like? <laughs> like I don't understand. Oh God, you guys are funny. Like, I just can't. Literally, I have had dreams all week about like vampires and werewolves because technically, like, if I had to, okay, so I'm Team Edward, but if I had to become a vampire or a werewolf, I would choose to become a werewolf. Mm. Mm -hmm. because that's the 
the more warmer community. I feel like I, I feel like it's more familiar. Like there's more ties to how we grew up than to the werewolves, but the vampire stuff is a little too, it's a little too cold for me. But you are kind of like a cold hearted bitch sometimes. Really? You think so? You've had moments. It's usually uh, around business. Yes. You're a vampire in business. You're a werewolf in life. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. You know what? I was just telling someone the other day that I'm really warm and nice in life, but in <laughs> business, I can get really bitchy and cold. You should and have so explained it. This is the perfect metaphor. metaphor. You should have explained it in these terms that everyone can understand. You are an Edward in business. You are a Jacob in life. We did it. God, we did it. <laughs> this feels really good. Okay, well, maybe we are going to table the <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about Mads OCD on another episode, yeah, sisters. In, in uh, true OKSIS fashion, we started off with the existential <laughs> question of our existence and what it's like <laughs> to be a human being. And then we ended with Team Edward or Team Jack. <laughs> Like, Jesus Listen, Christ. we're humans. We got to talk about the human stuff, which is Team Edward and Team Jacob. That is the human stuff, for sure. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It, some could argue it's not because they are vampires <laughs> and werewolves, so it's actually not. But, hey, have you gotten to the part where Edward bites Bella and she becomes a vampire and then she has a baby as a vampire? No, I'm waiting for that. And the sex scene hasn't happened yet. You know, I don't think I saw the last movies. Oh, okay. So I have to constantly say out loud to myself and to Adam. I don't think he's thinking this, but I have to say this. She's 17. Oi. I'm just saying, like, girls getting married, girls becoming a vampire, girls having a baby. When when Edward lays eyes on you, you cannot say no. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> on a, just uh, where is Robert Pads in this world? I just I Oh, he's he's the next Batman. What? Yeah, he's going to be... The, I don't know if it already came out or if it's coming out, but he's... I think it might have already come out. He's the next Batman. Fantastic. And Kristen Stewart is living her best life in that Christmas movie. Okay, honestly, that was peak Kristen Stewart. That is her peak. She should never do anything else. I saw her... She should never do anything oh, else. Did you watch the Princess Diana movie? Yes, my mom oh. and I... Mom, did you see it? Nope, don't want to. Mom and I saw it, and we were we were like we just wasted two hours of our life like that was uh, I don't I'm sorry like look I love Kristen Stewart and I just don't understand why the fuck she was casted as Princess Diana it makes absolute zero sense maybe it's because they both have pointy faces not sure <laughs> but it like she she's a limited range actress limited range and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean she is that she's got a couple avenues and Princess Diana is not one of them. Yeah. Honestly, hot take. I don't think she's a good actress at all, but I'll just, just leave that at that. I think she's very polarizing. Yeah. You know, all when we watch Twilight, I like shake my head like I'm having a seizure to mimic her. Like oh. it's very much like like weird, like <laughs> seizure of the faces. <laughs> Twitching of the faces. On, yeah, I agree. But she's engaged. You know, she's engaged. To a woman, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Do you think that her and Robert Pattinson's relationship post-Twilight was a Hollywood setup? You know, it could have been, but I also think they probably did catch a feel or two. I mean, it's the same with like... I think it was a total setup. I think I think she's always... I think she's always been... Yeah, like she's always known that about herself and that's been her line. I just think within the Twilight franchise, it made sense for them to be together for a little bit. Yeah, it reminds me of Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron. Is Zac Efron gay? No. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, who knows, maybe. Who knows? No, but they dated after High School Musical. and Yeah, very similar. Yeah, it was just like, I guess... Yeah, that makes sense. But then, yeah, they never spoke to each other again. I would love to see those two in a room. Do you want to know who I love right now? I'm obsessed with Adam Devine. Devine. He's from Workaholics. Right. He just married. I think her name is Chloe. Anyways, they had a wedding in Cabo or Mexico. And I think it was Cabo. And uh, the photos were beautiful. I just love Adam Devine. He's incredible. I don't know how to say his last name. He's incredible. I was just watching. Okay, so Adam and I also just watched 
Pitch Perfect one, top five favorite movie. Love that movie. Yeah, top notch. I need to rewatch that. That's a great one. You know what? They master the let's break out in song in a movie the best way because it's not like a musical. They're just performing. And you. It, there's something about people singing great songs that just gets you every time. Were you a gleek? No, never. Uh, me too. Why didn't we get into that? It seems interesting because it seems like very on brand for us. You know what? Excellent question. I am going to ask my friend Micah because yes. I feel as if we should have watched that together and we did it. And I wonder if he watched it and if he remembers why I did not watch it. Because I remember watching like one episode and being essentially laughing out loud and, and not understanding the hype at all well maybe it's because we were theater kids so we thought they represented the theater kid world wrong not sure maybe i don't know what it was but yeah i never never got into it also are you mm. a leah michelle fan i feel like we resemble her nope not not at all i feel no affinity to leah michelle other than deep sadness and empathy for the fact that she lost her oh, yes I don't know if it was her boyfriend, fiance, or husband, but that was really, really terrible. Have you heard of the conspiracy theory that she doesn't know how to read or write? Or was it read or write? Okay, well, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's heavily a conspiracy theory. I love me a good Hollywood conspiracy theory. There's so many. But do you remember the movie that, or the show that she was in with um, Emma Roberts? What was it? Where they were like the popular girls, the sorority scream queen or queen scream or something? No, but sure. Or do I? Oh, wait. It's like killer queens or... Okay. Scream queen. I don't know. I it think, was... I think I, I was, think I know what you're talking about. I, peak I peak CW times. The CW? <laughs> okay. Scream queens. I think it was scream queens. <laughs> I saw where they were going with it, but felt as if it missed the mark slightly. <laughs> now we're just like rating <laughs> and reviewing no, old no. TV shows. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> okay, sisters, we will spare you the rest of your time. We are being disrespectful to your time. Now me and Mads are just talking like we're not on a podcast. So happy 2022. We are so excited for this year, for what it will bring all of us. We're so grateful you are still a part of the sisterhood. Going motherfucking strong. Yes. Join our Geneva group. We'll have a, let's do a master 2022 gratitude thread or so like let's some do it. like a master thread you know what I mean love a master let's thread love a master thread and sisters if you are feeling inspired and want to support the podcast in the best free way possible we would love it if you would leave a rating and a review and obviously subscribe you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel you can follow Mads on Instagram at Maddie Mayo and the both of us together at OKSIS podcast we love you and happy new year happy new year Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.